yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, yeah. baby. I know heartbreaks, setbacks. Bitch, if I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs. You know I get around, so to me, so the part of the game. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and we are here for the finale of Raising Canaan Season 1. Um, this was Episode 10, of course, of Raising Canaan, and the episode was called Paid in Full, uh, which is the, the, the title of both a classic hip-hop song and a classic movie also. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed. And we are also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana? Hello, everyone. I'm doing okay. Good, good. So, yeah, uh, we, we all watched the finale. And, you know, all of you lovely people listening or watching, you you most likely just saw it too. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot to talk about here. It was a very interesting episode. Um, they kept like the, the tension and the suspense flowing throughout the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it put a lot of great emphasis on what Kanan did at the end of last week's episode. So, um, yeah, very well done. But it leaves us with a lot to discuss now. So we're going to go ahead and get into our takeaways. And then, you know, we'll get to the questions segment where we're going to kind of like dissect everything and predict what might happen in the next season. And then, you know, we also have some some minor news topics as well to go over um, and, you know, just some some things going into, you know, season two. Um, and yeah, that that's pretty much it. So um, this week, we're going we're gonna to go with Dana first on the takeaways section. So Dana, take it away with your takeaways. Take away what my takeaways. What's the takeaway? OK, so first of all, have you said the episode is called Paid in Full. We do know that that is based on a album and also on a successful movie. And an interesting point is that there are two characters, both named Lulu. So I like how we, we shared that as well. Um, with this episode, I kind of it was more like a lot of theories that I got. Um, what we know from the previous episode is that Howard was shot by Kanan and it was framed. Uh, he framed him for... Kanan Frank was the set. The goal was from Raquel to frame Unique for the murder of Howard Stark, but we all know that it was Kanan who actually shot him. Um, like I said, but before he, when he shot him, he only did it one in the chest. What was it? Two in the chest and none in the head. When it paid specific instructions to do two in the chest and one in the head. And he, you know, being what he was, he just thought that, oh, a, a gunshot is a gunshot. I saw him bleed out. I'm going to be assured that he's dead. He's not dead, as we all come to find out. So that, I believe, is going to be something that will haunt the family going forward. And I think that this could actually give more leverage to the Howard character because it, remember, he, was, he, knew, he still needs that bone marrow. If he lives throughout all of this, remember, he's missing his, he needs to take out piece of his lung, his spleen, his liver, and then he has the cancer. So even if he makes it through more than one episode of season two, um, I believe he's going to try to use this as leverage in order to still get that bone marrow. He may be dead before then, but that's what could happen. Uh, we, there's a part where, um, 
Scrap. Remember Scrap was the guy who, who got his eye kind of taken out and he was wearing the eye patch. Um, it was really interesting that Kanan kind of praised Scrap. And one of the things that Scrap said to Kanan in return was to basically, you know, you're a soldier and you're all on your own now, which is, I think, is going to be very important when it comes into season two, because what we already know is that Kanan is now going to be in Maryland. And we don't know how much his mother's influence or guidance is going to be there from how it ended it seemed that she is going to be staying in new york city in queens overseeing kind of the destruction that she put in place so that she can be the queen on top you know we had it end with her just sitting on the uh, rooftop kind of like silking in everything that she kind of created and now realizing that she can run everything because unique and his crew is going to be down. I wonder if this is going to create some kind of drug war between both of them. I wonder how long unique, well, we all know unique is probably done for with the show when you kill a cop, but when you're framed for killing a cop, you're going to get life behind that. They, they come very strongly when it's after their own. So that was very interesting with that, all those final words that Scrap gave to him, which I think, you know, at the very end, there was that, um, what do you call it? The monologue that uh, 50 Cent does as Kanan to say, you can't even trust your own mother. Trust no one is basically the number one rules, not even your own mama. So when he goes to Maryland, this could be a whole new life for him and a whole new way of taking what he learned from Raquel and his experiences with Marvin and Lulu and everything else and take that to kind of start up and run Maryland. So that is something that I'm also looking forward to as well with that. Very Another point is they have a new captain who is Luis Baptiste who runs the 117th precinct and his goal he said was to be a more stronger force than what the previous captain would be and I want to know how that ends up intersecting with what Raquel is going to do and what, what Raquel is able to get away with this time so she may think that oh I can run everything I'm the queen of everything everyone you know I got rid of but we don't know how this captain will come into play. And I think that they did, they did, they played a specific part by putting him in there. And I feel that they announced it for a reason, uh, not just to say, Hey, this is what could happen in season two, but this is what um, Raquel should be wary about is this new captain. Uh, lastly, the part when, when they, when Howard got shot and he needed the blood, which was a B, I think was a B negative or just straight a B. I have a feeling that the the police I cannot remember how his partner's name for the god of me. I cannot remember her, but I feel that she somehow was going to take that information and probably be more nosy. I because remember when what was it? Kanan got arrested in the previous season. And they was taking down all the intake and Howard was doing all the math. And remember with the bone marrow, I wonder if that is going to be another layer that she uncovers because she seems to be the type of person who is extremely late, not lazy, sorry, nosy. So I wonder how that is going to play into everything. Um, another thing um, that I really loved was the Spanish girl from the bodega 
how she ended up playing a larger part overall. Remember how we just kind of thought, oh, it was the abusive husband and what can she do in return? You know, probably use the spot to keep more drugs in. And in fact, she framed it. It was framed so that she would be the big witness to say that this is unique and look at his jacket and have the video on footage to really secure in the downfall of unique. So I like how she played the much larger role in the picture. Um, Another thing really quickly was uh, we saw that famous song was, was being played on the radio. And then at return of that, I was it Lulu or Marvin. I get those two confused. Lulu. Lulu. Lulu, because he's shot, he's wheezing, he's still walking around with no lungs. He really wants out of this. And you, he also alluded to that in previous interviews that he did, where he was like, we don't know how long he's going to be in this life. He wants to get out of this whole drug dealing thing and to go fully with the music. And the fact that his the, the song was being played kind of gave him that inspiration until Raquel shot it down. So I see this being a, another showdown between brother and sister. And I wonder how Marvin ends up playing a part into that as well. Because you know, Marvin seems to be also on more of the side of Raquel. Everything that he's did you know, was she wants to get back in. We know about that drug pass. We know about, for me, it seemed like Marvin can't do things by himself. He'll end up screwing it up and that could easily lend to, lead to him relapsing. So Marvin, I feel he needs Raquel way more than Lulu needs Raquel. So it really comes into terms of how this showdown is going to play out. Because, you know, Marvin just wants to get out. And Raquel is like, no, you can't get out because technically I own you. All the money that we made, I own and we created. So I look forward to knowing what that fractured relationship is going to be and how Marvin is going to come into play. I do strongly think that he is going to take the side of Raquel just because he needs her more. Um, another thing also was that... Um, the the police raid was really interesting and i loved how they they played that this is something that's always been done especially to people who live in the project especially to black to black and brown people we even see it today well this they just come in and raid your house without any warrant without any reason just of suspicion and i i really liked how they still depicted that and kind of showed the honesty and the truth of that i called my mama and was like was that true what, what they did and she was like yes that's very true so um, I like how they, they laid in that layer of real realism as well with that. But it was really interesting if you looked at the contraption that they made in the cabinets. It was kind of like those old-fashioned, remember those old-fashioned laundry chutes that you would see like in the 1800s or whatever, especially in uh, the UK where you're from, in England, where you, you know, Molly the maid was doing clothes or something and it would just come down from the chute. So I really like how they created that to kind of transport the drugs from one apartment to the next apartment, which I'm going to assume they're going to use those drugs now to be the number one supplier in that neighborhood or probably of all of Queens because Unique is gone from his, you know, and, and his kind of his soldiers are all sparsed about. Remember, he told them to go home, lay low. I wonder what's going to happen now that Unique is gone. Who I don't know who his second in command is. Does anyone know? No. Is it Warl? A unique, his second in yeah. command. 
Yeah, like is it that guy Worrell? Maybe he's yeah. I I don't know because I like I wondered because he was like you know get the get the word out, tell him to go home. I don't I don't know, but I wonder who is going to be that, and if that would create an inner you know war within itself. Of, I'm now the king, so I it is power for a reason, and everyone's looking for power. Um, yeah. So overall, I just have to say that. This was really great. I love even how they shot this. I love when Unique realized the jacket and when he saw the jacket again and it was covered in blood and then the police came in. How they did kind of like that Spike Lee. If you ever watch Spike Lee movies, how they kind of do with the with the track and how they zoom in. It's not like it's like the, it feels like the character is just walking and you're walking with him and that whole room kind of just everything is in slow motion and the police kind of come in. I really liked how they did that tracking scene. I thought that was really great. And you kind of see like the walls are closing in on unique and how he figured it out, but he figured it out way too late. I think if he would have never returned home, it, I'm not going to say it would have worked out better, but at least he could have escaped. Maybe it would have given him a chance. So <clears throat> I thought that part was interesting. I don't know what the part was like bringing the girl and the, he's going to bring his girl and his daughter with him. And I don't know why he would do that. But um, son, his son. Yeah. Oh, it was his son. Sorry, I don't know why mm-hmm. he would do that. And it was really interesting that Symphony still cares, and I think it's a genuine care because Symphony was the one to pick up Kanan and to pick up Jukebox and to be like, "Look, you know, this we we gotta go." And she called him and I'm like, "I know this is the last time you want to hear from me. I'm the last person you want to see." But there's still care from his side. We know that. Raquel just uses people at this point. We got that now from the whole, you can't even trust your own mama. She set up her son. That was terrible. So overall, that's what I have to say. I thought it was superb. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent uh, observations there. Um, so yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go into my takeaways um, next. Um, and yeah, a lot of these are going to be similar to, to your ones, but I'll try and come at it, you know, just from a, a different angle, different perspective. So first of all, I just loved the, um, the way the tension and the urgency, you know, was, uh, flowing throughout the episode. Um, I love that they made it feel like a big deal that a police officer was, was shot because it is a big deal. And I think that 50 Cent himself probably used a lot of his own experiences throughout this episode because there was an actual documented, um, you know, it was actually a murder of a police officer in Queens back in 87. And uh, 50, is, he's talked about this before. And um, and it was also shown in um, his movie, Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, I believe the police officer, Ed Burns, was he was shot and killed in his uh, patrol car. And then, you know, similar things started happening in the neighborhood where the cops just raided everywhere until they found, found out, you know, who was responsible. So I think 50 cent used a lot of his own, um, you know, experiences as, as an influence for this episode. And it really shows that, you know, they, 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 they went about this um, in a very detailed way and showing how the police responds to such a thing, you know, when one of their own gets, gets hit um and you saw that with the new commander you know the new chief um coming in and everything and overseeing the situation and then the cops like cop cars are just like flying all around the roads in in every scene um so i love that you know i love that 
they 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 paid that attention to detail uh, because it is a big deal to shoot at a police officer, even if they don't die. You know, it's it's like a it's seen as like a, a really big deal, and and the NYPD, they're they're like a gang essentially. So if one of their own gets hit, they're gonna come. You know, they're gonna they're gonna like they're not gonna stop until they find out. You know, who's responsible. So so I liked that. Um, and you know, as far as Howard um, being alive. Uh, I, I I didn't think it was realistic for him to survive just because he is sick as well. So I thought, you know, wow, the chances of him living aren't very high, but there is a chance still, you know, it's it's all about chance. And I guess in this occasion, the chances worked in his favor and he, and he was able to wake up. Um, and of course, they left us hanging at the end because we didn't get to hear him speak and say, you know, um, who shot him. And, and, you know, he didn't respond to the question. So they're obviously dangling that over our heads and making us wait until next year to, to find out mm-hmm. actually, you know, what he says and everything. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a cliffhanger, you know, in that moment, but that's interesting. Um, and I guess if you do have Omar Epps as part of your talent, you're going to want him around maybe because he is such a, you know, he's a significant actor, especially in our culture. So, you know, I guess it's, it's cool to see him, you know, being a part of a show like this. So, um, it's cool that we're going to, you know, get to see him in the show for longer. But um, I do, I, I would have liked, you know, somebody to die at least though at the end of the season. But I guess, you know, I guess it was too much to ask, but yeah. Someone um, did die. Who? It was Kanan's so- Innocence. yeah i mean there were a few deaths like overall in the season but it was like no one significant so but hey uh, i guess you know we'll have to wait longer for that to happen um and you know the whole tension between lulu and raquel i liked that in this episode um overall i liked how you know they built up the whole, like, the moment at the end of Raquel where she's basically, like, this Joker-esque villain. Like, I like how they set that whole thing up throughout the episode. And, you know, the tension between her and Lulu played right into it because, you know, he escapes from hospital and everything, and we see that he's damaged from everything he's put into this family and this organization. But he he has a dream, and he wants to get out. You know, he wants to get out of this criminal life. And, you know, um, like you mentioned with the car that was playing the music, that shows that there is hope for him to be successful in the other things that he's doing. But, you know, he keeps getting pulled back into this life. Um, so there, there's that. They, they're showing that struggle there that it's hard to kind of like fully escape from the life once you, you know, once you've been a part of it. And, you know, I just liked how they uh, how those two played off of each other um, throughout the episode and everything. Um, I think Marvin, um, you know, Marvin getting locked up, I think that we can blame Raquel for that because she had the knowledge that uh, Tony was was doing something wrong because Symphony told her that you can't trust Tony. Um, So she should have, like, automatically thought, you know, um, you know, she's up to something and maybe we need to, you know, get her out the way or, you know, do something with her so that she doesn't interfere with the plan. Because Marvin's role in this episode was important. She wanted him to pick up Kanan and drive him, you know, wherever it was. Uh, luckily, she could. She had Symphony to count on. But 
imagine if she didn't, you know, if she didn't have Symphony, who was she going to call next? You know, so that was a very important assignment that she gave to Marvin. So I feel like she should have, um, you know, resolved the issue with Tony um, so that, you know, there would be no no issues at all. But, you know, maybe it slipped her mind because there is a lot going on and everything. But usually she's a lot more calculating, you know. She so. couldn't get through. Remember, his pager kept going off. Uh, yeah, I know, because he was getting locked up. But, but like, I'm saying, like, she... Because last week, Symphony told her that, you know, you can't trust Tony. She So, you know, because she's up to something. Mm-hmm. So I thought she would have, you know, she would have calculated that in, in her... Like, because all of this was, like, her grand plan, you know. Um, so I thought maybe she would have thought to, you know, get Tony out the way. But maybe, you know, it just kind of slipped her mind or she thought it wasn't that big a deal or something. Hmm. Um, or... Maybe she didn't do that because she wanted to get back with Symphony. And she knew that in order to do that was through Kanan. Mm, we, we might be giving her too much credit with that one. But <laughs> but maybe, maybe, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, that, 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 that was interesting to see Marvin get locked up. And I, I love the scene where, you know, he, he goes into the, the uh, they take him into the, the, the precinct or whatever. And he sees Tony there, and then like he says, "Oh, she'll she'll do this and that if you if you give her some some drugs or whatever." Like, and they know. Some, uh, <laughs> I just yeah, wanted the whole uh, the whole police prison to be like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> yeah, that that was funny, and it showed that um, I don't think I don't think Marvin's taking this seriously. So he probably thinks he's going to get out of this like really quickly. So. You know, he probably doesn't think he's going to be inside for very long. No, uh, and, but it was a federal drug possession with intent to distribute. So he's he's going to be away for a little while. But, but did they actually get drugs, though? Did they find drugs? They. It was a warrant. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. They have no evidence whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. You I, only I have Tony talking. Yeah, you only have Tony talking about this stuff. So I'm pretty sure he'll get out of that fairly quickly. Uh, and then that he can also say that she is somebody who you know is taking drugs. So I'm yeah. curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, because they they didn't catch him with any drugs. So no. unless they unless they did that, you know, I don't. Think they ran they, the warrant uh, though. Yeah, I, and they're just going off of Tony's word, basically. Like it's it's basically a conspiracy charge, basically. And conspiracy, mm-hmm. you can you know you can work your way out of that because, you know. It's just basically the, like she says this, you know, he said, she said. So um, I think he'll get out of that pretty easy. And I'm sure Raquel will help him, too. So. So, yeah. Uh, but that that was interesting. Um, uh, well, let's see. Yeah. So and just, you know, Raquel being set up as the villain, like the, the end boss um, of, the, of the season. And it's it's really kind of like setting up the whole dynamic of uh, it's something that actually Dana predicted of, you know, perhaps the end goal of this show is going to be Kanan versus Raquel. You know, maybe that is is going to be, you know, the, the, the final battle. You gotta take game. her out. It's, so. it's like Shakespearean and things. It's the tragedy of the Kanans, the Starks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, you know, if, if that happens... 
um, you know, Kanan, that will be how Kanan does get his reputation with uh, Ghost and Tommy, you know, the fact that, you know, he took out this, <laughs> this criminal mastermind, like, because we, you know, Raquel is the criminal mastermind. She outsmarted Unique, you know, she beat him at this chess game. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, she she's the uh, she's the big boss, basically. Um, and Unique, um, yeah, I feel like he was he was like playing straight defense in in this episode. Like, I think he's been playing defense the past few episodes. He hasn't really done anything that offensive, except except what he did to Lulu. But like, he hasn't really um, you know done. He hasn't made any like forceful moves or anything. He's just been kind of sitting around, like letting these things happen to him a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't been too active. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, as soon as he went into the, the apartment and, and got to the lobby and he saw that door open and close, you know, which was Marvin leaving, I feel like his, his suspicion should have been up. He should have left right away uh, with his family and separated and stuff, you know, like he should have, he should have had better plans than just going home and, and weighing it out, I think, because he knows that Raquel is like he like he instantly he knew that, you know, when, when his guys told him that um, people think it might be u- unique who, who shot the officer, instantly at that moment, his mind should have been like, I'm getting out of town, like right away. Like he shouldn't have went home. Um, he should have like made a call to get his family sent away or something like, um, but yeah, just the fact that he went home, he chilled and it wasn't until he saw his, his jacket back in his closet that he figured out the whole plan and everything. No, he wasn't chilling. He figured out the plan when, when the guy was like, they're saying that it's you. But, but like, so, so why did he like go home? Like he, he shouldn't. That's what I said. That doesn't make any sense. They're just yeah. baggage either way. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say, but that's baggage. And if you're worried about you and yourself, why are you going back to get your girl and the kid? Yeah. He should have been like right out of the yeah. sea at that moment. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also add that uh, it didn't make sense that he would never notice that his jacket wasn't stolen until at the last <laughs> minute. <laughs> oh, I, I, my jacket is back in my house, and even though it was in his car the last time we saw him. So I, I was, I was like, okay, he didn't. I guess he completely had other stuff on his mind and didn't realize the jacket was gone until he saw yeah, it back so in his house. <laughs> that was hilarious because it's like, how, how do you like, how didn't you realize that it was missing before then? Like, <laughs> so you, you see yeah. it in your closet now, and you're like. Obviously, he knows that you know something is up because now it's there and it wasn't there before. So, like, yeah. didn't he didn't he think something when he realized it wasn't there before? Like, when he realized it was missing, like that's that's hilarious. But uh, but yeah, you know, um, that's pretty much my takeaways. Did Dana? Did you want to say something else? No, I just thought it was really weird that he heard the door in the hallway close, mm-hmm. and then. He didn't, you know, he figured it was Raquel to begin with, but the whole yeah. thing with the, it was funny. It was well done, but it was still funny. And yeah, that, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like he should have like, he should have left. Like he shouldn't have gone to the house. See, I thought he wasn't going to go to the house when he heard the door close and realized that someone could have been there. Cause remember mm-hmm. he was, he heard the door cause that's when Marvin ran out. Mm-hmm. And the door closed behind him, and he went to go get the, to open the, the his department door, and he stopped because he heard it. Then I thought, oh, he's gonna leave. 
because yeah. things just didn't add up. But no, he went in that apartment and got clothes. And if you have that much money, why do you need clothes? Just grab the money. Exactly. And go. Like he, he doesn't need to go home. Like just get your, like, don't even let, cause he, obviously he saw, uh, his, his, he saw the woman and the, and the child in the car before they even went inside. He should have just got right in the car and got them out of there straight away. Yeah, like, just he, go, out the, go out the town until things blow over. Cause he did a whole monologue about, Oh yeah, it's Raquel. And she said that he, he, she was going to get me when I never saw it coming. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. it was the bar on Lexington and 28th street. Mm-hmm. It was sunny that day. And I'm just like, just go, go, go fly, fly, find some place to go. Mm-hmm. Go to Ohio, go to Mexico. I don't know. But yeah, it was weird. Yeah. So, but Unique is still a great character and I'm, I, I can't wait to see, you know, I don't what's, know. In, what's in store for him. In prison time. And, don't bend the soap. Well, I, I have some things to say about that, but I'll, I'll save it for okay. our later segment. Um, but, but yeah, um, I'm going to, pass it over to Richard now for his takeaways. So, Rich, what's your takeaways? Okay, uh, so I'll say that some excellent takeaways so far by you two. I agree with a lot of the points that you mentioned about the tension on this episode. Um, I have two main takeaways that I'm going to focus in on. First and foremost, uh, we need to talk about uh, Howard. Uh, Last week, the cliffhanger was that Kanan shoots Howard. And then, of course, everyone is thinking, well, Howard's obviously dead. Now, there was a preview that we saw after this episode when it actually aired on the Stars app where you saw Howard, you know, being rushed to, the, I guess, the operating room in the hospital. And at that point, I figured, okay, so maybe he didn't die. And I, and I, and I recall I made a joke and said, well, Kanan must be a horrible shooter because these were two shots that were relatively <laughs> close. To, to, to Howard, and yet Howard still survives. So now I'm glad that they explained that Raquel told him it was supposed to be three shots. The shot to the head clearly would have taken him out. And you, if you shoot someone in the head, you probably wouldn't have needed to take the other two shots. So um, I'm glad that that was explained. Uh, I know the theme of power in the shows is always about the fathers and the sons, and the sons taking out the fathers. We saw it with Tariq taking out Ghost. You saw it when Tommy took out his dad, and now you see it in this show where Kanan tried to take out Howard. So very interesting dynamic, um, but Howard surviving and then the cliffhanger at the end I thought was interesting because, as you said, Gary, that is just something that they're going to hang as a plot going into next season to make you wonder, is he going to eventually tell uh, everybody what's happening? Now, what I will suspect is because the Howard character is very stubborn, as we saw this season, he's probably not going to say anything. And um, his partner, or should I say ex-partner, because she always goes against him, is going to get some answers. And, and as I alluded to last week, when we saw that uh, we, we had a discussion about where well, she could potentially go to his doctor who gave him that cancer diagnosis and find out, oh, there was supposed to be a donor and that he has a son, then I think she'll put two and two together. Yeah, that's Kanan's, that's Kanan's father, and maybe he has something to do with this. But I'm very curious to see how they progress that because obviously she has something going on now with Jukebox. Jukebox did warn her about Unique's people to set this whole thing up. 
But again, to think that they still would not suspect Kanan's involvement in Raquel, that's just, she's going to definitely continue to investigate this further because now Howard can't stop her. And as Dana alluded to, uh, yeah, Howard will probably be out for a couple of episodes next season. Uh, I agree with what you said, Gary, that Omar Epps is an excellent actor, so I understand you want to have him on the show a little bit longer. But I definitely think that something has got to give with that whole situation next season. Because there's no way that he, I just can't see him surviving past all of season two. Something's going to happen one way or another. But I didn't want to didn't want to touch on that whole thing with Howard because I for sure thought the guy was dead. But then when I saw that preview, I'm like, okay, all right. So we'll see what happens. My other main takeaway, and this this goes to what you also said, Gary. Raquel is easily the most powerful, strongest, the character on the show that, yes, she's a queen pin. She does all the boss moves. But now you're seeing her as a villain as well. It's just, it, I, I think this is, this is excellent because we had a commenter that left a comment uh, you know, on one of our previous episodes making mention that they think Raquel is the best character, the best female character right now because looking at other characters like Tasha and Monet from the other shows, it just, yeah, she, she's, she's head and shoulders above them in terms of how she commands power, how she's so quick to really let others know she's in charge. And this whole episode, it wasn't just the revelation that she revealed that you saw where her plan was to basically take out Howard and Unique, but it's also the fact that she put Lulu in place, letting him know, oh, I understand you have a dream, but you're using the money that we made doing what we've been doing to gain the success. And as a result of that, I own I own what you also are investing in. So it's just like trying to, you know, crushing his dreams. Um, and then the fact, and I know that, that Dana made mention of symphony. I have to now refer to him as symphony because immediately <laughs> this guy comes out of nowhere after being told off in the last episode, oh, but I'm still here because yes, he is whipped. She got him. And I kind of hate that because a lot of people play games with these relationships and use people when they need them. So I'm curious to see what happens moving forward with that. Obviously, we can make the comment that yes, Raquel still cares about Stephanie to a degree, even though the character did not show that in this episode. She just showed I'm on a mission and I need to do what I need to do. So this is why I'm going to focus on it. Oh, and, and, and I know he'll do what I need him to do. So I'm going to call him and get him involved in this. That's how I felt when I saw that, which makes sense because She's a villain now. So, yes, I think that was consistent with what I expected. You was going to say something, Dana? <laughs> First of all, love is love. So do not judge him <laughs> for loving a woman who can't love back. Okay? Mm -hmm. It is his heart. Second oh, yeah, of all, is Raquel a villain or is she determined? Because she stated I... her whole plans all throughout. And she purposely plotted seeds throughout. But is she a villain by wanting to make sure they have the best of everything in terms of they own everything? Because that was originally their goal in their first episode when it was having problems with Unique. That's when she put in the plan. So is it a villain or is she a well-executed, determined person? She, I, 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 mean, the, I, th I think the show wants us to believe she's a villain. She's not a villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, and I, and I would double down on that as well and say she is a villain because even if her old mother said you are your own worst enemy, everything that she's done, it, it, it is for her benefit. She can say it's for the family. Yes, yeah. But okay. it's for her, it's for, it's for, it's for her benefit. You know, the whole thing about getting uh, Symphony involved because she knows that she can control Symphony. She has his full undivided attention because he is, he, yes, he's in love with the woman. Clearly, he will do whatever he can for her, and he's trying to protect and stay, even though she doesn't need protection. But, yes, she can use him anytime she needs to use him, and that was proven in this episode. The way she went after uh, Lulu and had that whole conversation, it shows you, yes, I, I, I'm in charge of this, and I'm the one that's running the show. And you can think that you're going to get out of this, but you're never going to get out of it because you're using the, the, my money to do all this other stuff. So, yes. Yeah, and then, I'm of this. course... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that there's, like, for me, there's one moment that uh, really confirms that she is a villain, and that's mm-hmm. the moment where, um, you know, after, uh, uh, who is it, uh, D-Wiz, after D-Wiz is, is, uh, is killed, like Kanan's friend, and Kanan is still, you know, kind of grieving over the fact that he died, and, you know, Raquel takes Kanan to D-Wiz's mom, and praise with both of them, knowing that she yep. is the one that had him killed. Like mm-hmm. this, this confirms that you know she is a villain because it's like, you know. And the other thing is that you know, if all of this season, you think you look at how she was basically trying to take control of her son Hayden. You did not want him out there selling all this other stuff, but all of a sudden, when you have an opportunity to take out Howard. Yes, Kanan, I need you. Let's go over some, some more shooting uh, practices. And I need you to do this because our family is, is in danger. Really, I'm in danger and I need you to take out Howard. So to me, when I think about how last week, if Howard was not there at that hospital, they would have taken, they would have took out Lulu and whoever else was in that room at the time. And the fact that she said, well, never mind, you, 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 you was there to try to save me. I'm still going to take you out. So yes, I think she is a villain. Um, and I would, and I definitely would pose that question to the people commenting. Do you think that Raquel is a villain, or as Dana said, a very determined person that wants to make sure that the job is done? So I'm curious to hear what they have to say. But uh, yeah, that that was, that was all, those were my only takeaways. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal episode as always, excellent finale. Um, and I'm very curious to hear what these questions are that uh, Gary is going to pose to us now. <laughs> Remember how we had a conversation when we post the BMF video about how we shouldn't compare black shows to black shows and that it's much larger scope and that you can compare it to shows about the mafia and other shows like that. Mm-hmm. With that said, wouldn't this be more comparable to Breaking Bad in the terms of it started out with a teacher who had cancer and his goal was just to make money for his family. And you saw how he ended up becoming Walt. Not, he went from Walter White. What was it? To Hyman at the end? Heisenberg. Heisenberg. I said Hyman. Yep. Jesus <laughs> is a biscuit. Anyway, he went to Heisenberg at the, at the end. With that said, and we saw kind of the selfish nature that Walter White ended up being. And remember at the end when he admits to his wife, he said, I did it all for me. I didn't, mm-hmm. I used you as an excuse. That would be comparable to Raquel. 
because so, you would assume everything that she's saying, we did it for the family. I own this. I own that. But in fact, it's all just for her. Yeah. I, so, I, I do so, have a comment to make to that. But go ahead, Gary. I, I'll make a, my comment after you. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to grasp it. Um, so basically, uh, what you're saying is that, like, so her intentions start out genuine and she just wants to, you know, take care of her family, make sure her son is good and everything. But then, um, you know, along the way, she gets carried away and, you know, she becomes uh, progressively more evil and more, um, you know, uh, self-fulfilling mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. So is, is that what you're basically yeah, saying? Yeah, because if you look at the first episode, Kana was never supposed to be involved with this. He was mm-hmm. supposed to go to Stuyvesant, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, they had a, they both shared a passion for astrology. Go be an astrologer. I don't know, study science and stars and moons. And when it was the two brothers, and they always kind of just looked out for each other, they were small in terms of what Unique in them was doing. Remember, they're fighting over corners. That's petty, tiny things in the large scope of stuff. And then by executing this plan which may have started out, oh, it's better for the business and us as a whole. And we saw how Raquel in the end is telling her uh, her um, brother, I own everything. Even what you think you're going to do, you're not going to do because I own you and that studio as well. And setting up her own son, because using his naivety to set up the son and everything else that she's done, wouldn't that end up being more of a Heisenberg direction yeah so I, yeah i guess i guess somewhat but go ahead rich go ahead. so i i just was going to say in terms of being the selfish uh, character like heisenberg was there is some of that comparison there the reason why i wouldn't say it's a full comparison is because walter white from the very beginning of that show he, he had a lot of issues it wasn't just the cancer the character himself uh-huh. he had a problem standing up to people he didn't have confidence, and it took him yeah. a while to get to that point. So it, with, with Raquel, she's been strong since the show started. And you they've had little moments where she's vulnerable, where it's like that whole conversation we had with, she had with Symphony, where she said she would have his baby. Stuff like that you see, but for the most part, she's just been a strong character from the very beginning in all about her business. Uh, so I, I would say that's that's some of the differences between that and Breaking Bad because okay. with Breaking Bad, you know Walter White, it, this guy has completely transformed his demeanor, how he ap- approaches people, and then the arrogance. And that actually is another thing that I was going to mention uh, because Raquel does have arrogance in this particular episode thinking, well, obviously the plan didn't work out, that she wasn't able to take out Howard and uh, uh, you know, um, she wasn't able to take out both Howard and Unique. And Unique, yeah. So now, to me, the whole thing is that there is a bit of arrogance because you have to know there's going to be some backlash. Howard is going to eventually have to address the situation. So, do you think that Howard's going to remain quiet forever? Absolutely not. So, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what her backup plan was besides getting Kanan out of there. Because there's no way that someone does something and then they're not thinking about the consequences that come after that. And as for Unique, I'm pretty sure that Unique is going to get out of prison because Joey Badass is an excellent actor. He's been excellent as this character. There's no way this guy is not going to still be a part of this. And to go to what you said earlier, Gary, about you wish that there was some more depths, 
when Vinny gets out, I fully expect a lot of bodies to drop. They, they, there's no way because you've killed his, some of his friends this season. Now you got him arrested. When he comes out, it should be the wrath of hell. He should be making sure people are getting dealt with immediately. So I'm curious oh, yeah. to see how they're going to handle that because it shouldn't be, still be a slow-moving pace after that. When he gets out, oh, yeah, body's got to drop immediately. So let's see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have a lot I'm going to say regarding uh, Unique, but just to uh, end off the whole like Raquel part first, um, yeah, mm-hmm. she definitely has a lot of traits to, you know, Heisenberg and I think also a lot of other uh, villainesque characters from other shows. Um, you know, we all we always go back to the wire, right? Um, and mm-hmm. like in this dynamic, you know, I kind of see uh, Raquel as like a Stringer Bell type character. Um, and you know, I think Marvin would be Avon because it's like this is just all he knows kind of thing. Um, and you know, he just <laughs> loves the lifestyle. And I would see Lulu as kind of Cuddy. A Cuddy character, like you know how Cut Cuddy, uh, he he leaves the lifestyle and sets up the boxing gym and stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. he, I guess, he would be you know sort of like that character. But um, but yeah, um, with Raquel, she she definitely has a lot of traits of uh, some of the most iconic, um, you know, villains in in different you know TV shows and everything. But she's also very unique in her own way, you know, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of uh, uniqueness about her. So, um, and that's what I love about the character. And even if, you know, we are saying that, you know, after seeing this, she is now the villain, that's not a bad thing either. I think that's great. You know, it's like she's, she, you know, she her character is very uh, layered, very complicated and very dark. And, and I actually really love that. Like she's now one of my favorite yeah. characters. Right. So. My thing was just that I was tired of, black shows being pigeonholed and pinned against other black shows. When you could look at the larger oh, scope yeah, yeah. of shows and, and all of this kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we could say that this is pretty much, you know, in its own lanes almost like it, it doesn't even need to be compared to anything. I think that like at the moment, this, this show is like, you know, it's creating its own sort of like lane power in general is like, you know, it's, it's kind of separated itself from just being about that, I think. Like, it's telling very real stories. And, and you know, uh, so I, I don't think it needs to be pigeonholed into, you know, that lane specifically. But, you know, people are, are always going to compare, though. Like, that's just how it's human nature. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, this, this show's in a lane of its own, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll get to the question segment now because there's, you know, we, we're we're branching off into a lot of interesting <laughs> dialogue here, and you well, know, you there's there's specific questions for it. Uh, what was you gonna say though, Dana? No, I was just saying sorry. I just like diverted the whole conversation. Oh no, no, it's fine. It's no, fine. That's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. Like th- this is gonna happen because this was a finale episode, and there's just like so much to cover. Um, so it's gonna happen. We're gonna, you know deviate into things but just uh i'm gonna try and structure it a bit a bit more and just get into like the these different discussions that i have here to bring up um so we might as well get to the unique thing since we already you know kind of started discussing this so unique is now locked up um and see a lot of this is dependent 
on what happens with Howard. But, um, but yeah, like, I don't think Unique will be locked up very long. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only question is what is going to happen when he gets back on the streets. And I have my own theory about that. Um, and I guess I'll let you guys go first before I, you know, give my theory and maybe, you know, your theories will, will be the same as mine. So, um, I'm going to go to, uh, you first Dana, like, what do you think will happen the moment unique gets back on the streets? Y'all are, are really determined to release unique. I don't, I can't see that. I mean, even if you hot shot this whole case, you have the jacket, you have the blood on the jacket, you have the video footage. Now, unless Howard starts doing that whole, you know, it was Kanan, it was Kanan and then drops dead. Okay, but that really isn't that much strong of an evidence compared to the jacket, the blood on the jacket, and, you know, him holding the jacket as they arrest him. You can make the argument that because of, uh, what was it, how did it go? Because of, remember the doorman, who, by the way, just needs to be fired at this point. The guy who works. <laughs> when you're in those rich buildings, they call it concierge. He needs to. Yeah, I, I was gonna bring that up. Like, like he. There's no way somebody could let somebody in no, in that in the lobby that easy. Like, that that makes no sense. Um, but I mean, like, and and also he should have like at least looked at the paperwork and stuff. Like, right. But, I mean, yeah. you try to. I don't know exactly where in Queens that apartment is, but it looked bougie. And you have, like I said, concierge. And there was no, I, you know, here's my fake badge or anything. He just walked in and with a suit on and was like, I need to go upstairs. So, okay. <laughs> okay. But let's just take it at that word. He can easily be a witness. You know, the police can uh, use something and say, well, we'll arrest you for, I don't know, not checking badges or something. And he can easily say, no, it wasn't. Uh, unique that was up there. It was the guy, and then give a description of the guy who keeps coming in the building, and see if there's cameras in the building as well, because that place has like money and it's a bit bougie. So you have cameras in the building, and you have the yes. Wait, um, so Dana, like, because you're a New York, uh, New Yorker, sorry, um, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you, if you'll remember that far back, but like. Were cameras like a common thing in the city? Like, was there a, a lot of surveillance back then in the nineties? Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, in the night, I don't know. I think I was running around maybe like four in the nineties. <laughs> so I really don't know the answers to that. But I'm gonna tell you that in those bougie buildings, you're mm. gonna have cameras. And remember how she said, check, check the CCT or whatever you call it, the footage that mm. they have like outside and on the streets. And and remember that's how they was able to frame him with by using the camera that was from the grocery store, with yeah, unique walking yeah. by. With oh unique. yeah, yeah, she had a camera. Yeah, she had a camera. But unless you go in there and you're going to do a deep dive investigation, which I don't really see them doing, I think they're going to just be like, "Look, we got the blood, the jacket. Unique's literally standing there, so we're going to just go and arrest him." I think a lot of it de- de- depends on, you know, the kind of help that Unique is, is able to get. So maybe he gets some sort of hotshot lawyer, um, you know. Well, he has um, money, though. It's not like he's going to get a roly-poly-oly. 
yeah, like he, you know, if he's able to access his funds, I think he can get a good lawyer. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Then you have the people on the outside and whether how loyal they are in order to get him outside help. Then you have the girl as well. So, yeah, I mean, but if you want to say that he is out officially, <laughs> you like that theory. Um, no, it's he's going to be inflamed. I, he's going to be enraged. It's not going to be like something. Well, that happened. Let me go on with my life. He's going to go back and get revenge uh, upon Raquel. So, it, like I said, it could easily end up being what we saw was like a team. We didn't really even get to see a turf war. You know, it wasn't like really yeah. out there. We got like, oh, David is dead and little gang bang bang. And, you know, I'm in the street. But we didn't see the full scope. Yeah, that, that 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 previous episode, all that lead up to what was coming was like, yes, this is exciting. We didn't get that though in the finale. We, we didn't. We, no, we didn't. We that arguing, like you said, the only person who died was Kanan's innocence. So <laughs> maybe in next season we're gonna get that turf war thing, and he's gonna really come after her hard, and then maybe theorizing. Kanan goes and has his connections in Maryland, and maybe they can figure a way to hit back at Unique. Because at this moment, Kanan doesn't know that his mama set him up. He's still that naive kid. So he doesn't know the full scope of everything. All he does is, you know, he feels a little shaky about killing Howard. You know, Jubak pointed out, you know, this is the life that we chose. We don't have that opportunity to be like other kids. This is our Mm -hmm. life. And we have to grow up faster than other people have to. So yeah. that you could say he what he asked, he begged his mama, please let me be in his life. So I think that he can form something. We don't know what's fully up there in Maryland, who's up there already. So what he makes connections to. And they can also come and try to retaliate against Unique. And it could, not Unique, yeah, Unique. So it can actually be some type of turf war that we did not get in the first season that we were kind of alluded to. So give me my blood and guts. Wait, uh, Dana, I, I heard a, a police car. Do you live in that bougie building that uh, you need to see? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're arresting you. <laughs> That's the turf war right now. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, you, you make good points. You know, it, it could maybe take a while before Unique is, you know, is out on the streets or, you know, wherever. So make some good points um i still have my theory but i'm gonna let rich go and uh you know let us know what you think might happen with unique okay let let me start and say that dana made some good points the the reason why i think that uh it may not go down that way it's all in the plan raquel had an excellent plan to take out both of these targets at the same time where the backfire is that you left howard alive and i instantly think back to season two, I'm going to say episode two of Raising Canaan, when Unique and Howard had that conversation, and he was telling him, and Unique is telling him, yes, Raquel is getting too involved in all this other stuff. And you got to remember what Howard said. He says, if it comes down between you and, and Raquel, I will always choose you. So I'm pretty sure Howard will confirm Unique didn't shoot him, and he may help him get out of prison a lot sooner than people think. And that will set the tone where they will both him and Raquel will him and how and Unique will go after Raquel. Because now that she has done something that has made her test Howard. And Howard kept teasing all along, if you don't let me see my son talk to my son, 
I'm going to have to retaliate and do some something something to you. So now I expect that to happen now because Howard is survived the gunshot. He knows Kanan shot him. Even if he may not tell his detective or his ex-partner uh, this information, he could definitely confirm Unique. He had nothing to do with what I did, but he's going to see, oh, she set up Unique the same way she set me up. So this, I think, would help Unique's chances of getting out because they can ask Howard, did you shoot? Did Unique shoot you? He tells them no, then that's it. They have no evidence other than the jacket, but they say you have the person that actually got shot saying no, he didn't do it. That's why I said I'm curious to see, but I, I don't think this guy is going to be in it that long because Howard is still alive. Now, if they decided to end the season and Howard was still in critical condition, he was still unconscious, then you can say, okay, this will prolong things a lot, uh, a lot, you know, longer. But the fact that he wakes up at the end of the episode, I think that kind of accelerates how involved he can be in responding to what's happening. I don't think he's going to actually tell them Kanan did it. But when they ask him, did Unique do it? He would say no, and then that's it. Unique is out. So let's see how they handle that situation. But to answer what you said, Gary, about what's going to happen when Unique gets out, yes, there will be retaliation. I'm not sure how he's going to retaliate, but there's going to be some retaliation. And another point that I will add is that in regards to his street soldiers, I feel as though they will remain loyal as long as they have money. If they don't have any money coming in, they're going to definitely be out there doing what they need to do. And Laurel, obviously, since they didn't kill that character off, he's probably is going to be the one to really be in charge of that, if it was to come to that. Um, because this guy, I feel like this is a character that they, sh they should have taken out by now. After what happened with him and Lulu, there's no way that this guy should still be alive. So the fact that he is still alive, he can serve the purpose of trying to help the others make sure that they keep that they have money continuously coming in because they still got to make money. You know, Unique is running the show, but he has all these people he has to keep paid. So there's no way that they're going to be able to lay low for long. But again, we'll see how long he's in. He's in, he's you know in prison because as long as he's in there, this stuff has to happen because they have to keep making money. But um, they can take this in so many different directions. But uh, I would say my the safest bet in my mind is that because of what Raquel did, now she will have Unique and Howard after her next season. And I'm curious to see how this is going to play out uh, because, again, Howard is still alive, Unique is still alive. So that means they have an opportunity to retaliate whenever they get a chance. Yeah. Yeah, you, you pretty much said a lot of, you know, what I was going to say. Um, but, um, you know... I think what will happen, I, I do think, like you said, that um, Howard will protect Unique. Like, he's going to say that, you know, it wasn't Unique. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that, you know, he, he's going to protect Kanan. He's not going to say it was Kanan um, because, you know, he, he's going to want to, you know, find Kanan himself, I think. But um, what I think will happen is, you know, Unique, uh, there might be like an episode or two where he's in prison and he has to, you know, deal with that whole thing. But he's going to get out fairly quickly, I think, next season. And so what I think is going to happen with his crew is I think Raquel is going to step to his crew and maybe acquire their services because now she's going to have a stronghold over, you know, everything mm. in the streets. Um, she's got the new Connect, the new product. Um, so I think that, you know, 
she is going to make an offer that they can't refuse. Um, and, you know, they might align themselves with Raquel. So then when Unique gets out, he might not have a crew to go to. And, and Raquel, because th- these guys know Unique so well, you know, he's going to be an easy target for them, um, you know, if, if, if they turn on him. So I think he's going to have to go away and bide his time a little and maybe, like, find his, a new crew. I think he's going to go on, like, a, 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 a little mission of his own. Um, in the in the next season, where he kind of you know finds his footing again and builds up his you know his crew and his reputation little by little, and until you know he's at a point where you know and maybe de- depending on what happens in the season, I'm sure there'll be a point where Raquel is maybe weakened a little, or you know something ha- some kind of turmoil happens in 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 her crew, and then you know they'll find themselves on equal footing again, and then the the, the the war will you know continue um so i think that's what's going to happen i think you know it won't be straight action right away once unique gets out i think he's going to find himself at a huge disadvantage and he's going to have to build his way up again so that's what i that, think is going to i i i just want to make a comment and say gary yes that is a very excellent point i didn't think of because raquel can come to them and say hey I'm going to give you an offer that you can't refuse. Because, again, they're not getting money now that Unique is going to be away in prison. So they still got to keep money. So they still got to be making money. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, yeah, very good observation, sir. (laughs) Yeah, but there is also the Dean character. So I I don't know if, like, you know, one of the other crew is in contact with him or whatever. But but I, I, I think that, you know... I think that is part of Raquel's plan to kind of absorb his crew. That's what I think. Yeah, and then and then she can have a, a meetup once again with him. He's expecting Unique to show up, and then it's her instead. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. so you thought you were going to kick me out. Well, now <laughs> you need me to, to keep making money. You need me. You need my services. So, yeah, because, yeah. again, that, that's, that makes sense that that would happen, for sure. So, excellent observation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, please do chime in on that, you know, in the comments. Let us know what you guys think. Um, also, uh, Dana, did you have something you wanted to add before we move on? No, I just forgot how how, how vicious some streets are. There's no loyalty. <laughs> yeah, there's, so with that there's theory, no loyalty. Jeez. It's like the second he goes in prison, he's like, wow, <laughs> hey, what's up, Miguel? Hey, girl, what you doing? <laughs> no, it. I don't know. I I like that theory. But I just, I just wonder, is there a second in command? <laughs> like what, then what happens to everything that you need? Because remember, he made a point in saying that, you know, he's the one who goes out there and protects the cops because if the cop dies, it's basically, it looks bad on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know, does he have any cops on the inside who he can call up for help with this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty much Howard. Like, Howard was... Howard would be the only one. So if you have Howard doesn't say anything and actually say that it was Kanan in order to get Raquel, mm. I can... I don't know. We're, the thing is that I don't see Howard living long. Yeah. And I feel that the second yeah. Raquel finds out he's still alive, they're going to try to do what they tried to do with... What was it? Marvin? Lulu? One of the brothers? And go into the 
and go into the um am I oh, going to the hospital go into the hospital uh, and do that. I, 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 I think that's going to be impossible with, with the amount of cops yeah uh, that's but true. um is it is it go, possible go ahead, for me to throw out i just throw out a quick wild theory yeah. Is it possible this new captain in charge is actually corrupt and one of the cops that's actually working with Unique? Is that a possibility? Because I find yeah. it very interesting that they just introduced this character at the end of the season like, oh, all of a sudden, let's throw in this other guy who was now in charge. He got the other guy that was in charge. He told him, no, you can step away for a while. But he's so, given the girls so much freedom. That's the only thing. He's like not shutting it down. He's giving the cop girl of freedom, and now his the new partner is Garcia. Who is Garcia, and what yeah. does he play into this whole situation? Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. That's just a random guy. They said, we need you to, to play. Even he guy. was like, you want me to go? <laughs> who that? So, like, yeah. is he on someone's payroll as well? I don't know him. Don't trust him. Yeah. I, I, just yeah. Find it, I just find it interesting how they introduced their character at the very end of the season. And it's like, He's going to play a role, I think, moving forward. But uh, obviously, there's probably some more things we'll find out about him. Yeah, he was telling all the business when he came in. Hi, I'm Captain yep. Louis. He has cancer. That one has cancer. He's going to die over there. I'm like, oh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, yeah, I, I got distracted. What, uh, I lost the trailer for what I was saying before. What, uh, oh. Do you remember, Rich? Uh. No, well, well, you, you, you were just talking about uh, what could possibly happen with uh, these characters. You did hear what, what I had mentioned, though, right? You heard what I mentioned right before. Um, I, I missed some of it because I was answering I, something. I, I, no, I just said I was throwing out a wild theory that mm. what if that captain is one of the people on Unique's payroll? The new oh, captain okay. they introduced in this episode, because I thought that was interesting that they introduced somebody new all of a sudden. The other guy is out of the job, and this guy is taking over. We don't know where he's at. Where is the yeah, other that, captain? Yeah, yeah. That could be a very nice twist, actually. If, if you know, hmm. if uh, that cop is um, has some sort of secret like that, or like he's, you know, he's in Unique's pocket or something. Like mm-hmm. I think that could be a nice twist for sure. I just don't trust the girl. I think the girl is just going to be too nosy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Th- what, you yeah. mean Howard's partner? Howard's partner is going to be yeah. way too nosy. And now with this newfound information about, you know, because they emphasize he has no, no family. And he emphasized on the blood type. I, You know, you can easily say it's just a casual conversation, but she seems like the type of person who, like, you say something a week ago, and she's still thinking about it. So, oh. yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. There's many uh, interesting ways, uh, you know, this this can go. But um, yeah, so let me see what other questions do I have here. Uh, so we pretty much um, we pretty much talked about Howard already. Uh, I guess just quickly, like, so are we all in agreement that we think Howard is going to protect Kanan? Um, so okay, go ahead, Dana. What's your, what, what do you think Howard is going to say? Look, at the end of the day, Raquel tried to kill him mm-hmm. and affect the son to kill him. I don't know about you. I would be pretty salty if someone tried to kill me. But and but do you think he's going to want the cops to bust Kanan? 
No, because his goal is going to get after Raquel. And while you could say that, oh, here's this boy, the thing is, I think to actually get Raquel more would be to actually get Raquel. We saw how she's willing to use people. And I'm not saying she doesn't love her son. What I'm saying is, it seems that the kind of, she's a person who truly, if you have to bring harm to her, is to go after her. So mm-hmm. I see this being, if Howard lives, which again, I don't know, half a spleen, liver, you got cancer. Um, it seems, and he has blood loss, because remember, they can't find the AB. So it seems that I, Howard, go after Raquel more. And you could say, no, um, it wasn't him. It was, it was, I don't know, Billy Bob on the street. He could even leave. Or he could say it was Raquel. <laughs> or he can say, I don't know. And then use that as a plot in his head to start thinking of ways to get back at Raquel. Yeah, I, I, I do think he'll say you know, he, he doesn't know who it was just to stall out, you know, the whole situation and then mm-hmm. he can make his own moves. Right. I, I think that's what he's... That seems more better for him. I, 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 I agree with those points and I, I also would say that I do think he is going to stall that response. He also does not know the Canaan is not there now. This guy yeah. is, is out in Maryland. Yeah. That may be why he solves it. But once he finds out the Canaan is gone, yeah, he'll go right after Raquel with no hesitation. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. Because he, he doesn't know that, you know, Canaan is out of town now. Um, so, yeah, you know, that was one of the questions. But we've already kind of, you know, we, we kind of discussed that a lot. So um, let's move on to... Um, so... Okay, we'll get to this. So, Kanan, we know, is on his way to Maryland. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to say some theories here, but I, I don't know for sure if, if what I'm saying is going to be the truth. And I want the, the commenters, the community, to chime in a little bit, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong. But from my memory, I believe that in the original Power, um, you know, after Kanan fights Ghost for the first time and Ghost uh, burns him and then, you know, he comes back alive like a mar- Marvel villain. And then, uh, you know, in the, <laughs> in the next season, we see him with, with Jukebox. I believe they were in Maryland um, when that happened. Like when, you know, I, I believe he went to Jukebox and visited her in Mary- Maryland. Um and, you know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. So I say that to say this, you know, Kanan is going to Maryland and I can totally see him spending some time there, you know, in in the next season and sort of, you know, learning a few things. Uh, maybe he learns, you know, to become a better dealer and everything like that in Mer- Maryland. Um, and, you know... Uh, maybe he establishes some sort of life there and meets some people and maybe jukebox even comes to visit him at some point, you know, um, and then they build some sort of connections out in Maryland. Um, so that's a little theory I have. Um, and yeah, so I guess this question is really, do you think we're going to see some of Kanan's life in Maryland, um, you know, in season two? And do you have any thoughts about, you know, what his journey might be, you know, while he's there and everything? So, Richard, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think of that? 
That's a very good question. Uh, I think um, a lot of that, I think, is a wild card because you're not really sure how the, how it's going to play out. I kind of feel like, again, it's a situation where you're going to a new place thinking that you can escape everything that's happened in life previously, but eventually it catches up to you because your family is still heavily involved in this. Now, the question that I would say is, I'm not sure if my assumption is that he's going to visit his grandparents and stay with them. I know that there was a rumor that came out a while ago that 50 Cent was actually going to be playing his grandfather and that that is probably who you'll see uh, if he was to ever go back there. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but my guess <laughs> that is that- That would be hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it would be hilarious, but I, I heard that a long time ago. That he, that's how he was going to put himself on this show. I don't know if that's accurate. So again, commenters, don't shoot me because this is not no confirmed information. This is just the stuff that I've heard. But what I will say is it's going to be, if I, if I had to make a guess, it's going to be a situation where he goes there, tries to basically have a normal life, staying around with family that is there, and again, still being called back into the game. And there could be some people already in Maryland that are already starting an operation or already have an operation going on that he somehow gets involved in as well. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm also curious how long is he going to stay there? Is this going to be something where he stays there the whole duration of the next season? Or if it's only for half of the season and then the other half as like a midseason, you know, finale or whatever, that's when you see him coming back. So it's a lot, it can go in many different directions. But my guess is that once again, he's going to try to escape that life. But again, he's going to get pulled right back in because all his family is involved in this stuff. And there's no way that he's not. And of course, we know that he's very intelligent. He's always he's always able to think about how to do things in this drug game from a business standpoint. So even if he was to try and get away from it, he's going to still have ideas on how to do this because this is what he's been taught. His mom has supported him in this. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. But obviously he can go there and lay low, but I don't think he's going to be there for long. Uh, and yes, we're going to probably see a little bit of him trying to adjust to life there, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be there for, for too long. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, you know, assuming he is going to be in Baltimore or something, you know, which is in Maryland, we know that there's a big drug economy there as well. So I think, mm -hmm. I do think it will be, you know, it will be a chance for him to learn more because we saw him making a lot of mistakes in this season um, when he yep. tried to, you know, do certain things so maybe like this will be where he really learns um and you know sometimes you you learn things better when you're learning it from someone other than your parents so maybe you know it will be a case of this where he learns to to become a better you know um you know drug dealer um away from his mother's influence so mm -hmm. so yeah um that that could be something but what do you think, Dana? Do you think we're going to see uh, his life in Maryland? You're muted. I think we are. And I think Maryland is going to become a, a large staple in his life. And not only just his life, but also with Jukebox. My whole situation, I can't figure out. I can't pinpoint it. But remember when 
the adult Canaan was uh, burnt and guts was hanging out and he was a hot mess and he returned to go to his cousin and she kind of helped him. I don't know what state that was in and I don't know if that was Maryland. Um, but I do feel like he will make that kind of his second home and that'll also, it will bring Jukebox there with him. If you've kind of seen, they support each other. They're I'm not going to say inseparable, but they always seem to come back to each other at this point. And I think that they, they really need each other. And when, well, not Raquel, when child Jukebox is able to tell the full story, because I think she has the full breath uh, and understanding of what Raquel was really able to do by using Kanan and, you know, the whole setup with the jacket and the plan, because she knows everything. That's why when we saw her, she hasn't returned home in days after getting assaulted by her father. So you have that coupled with other things. She needs a place to go as well. So I do think that they're going to end up going and, and finding each other, and she's going to stay up there with him. And I do feel that she's the one who's going to be the catalyst to tell what really happens and what's really going on with his mother. And that because of that, meaning Canaan may not want to return home right away. I mean, it's not just the fact that, you know, your mom killed D. Wiz. Your mom set you up to kill Howard. Now, Unique doesn't know the actual relationship between Howard and Kanan, but I think this is something that's eventually going to happen, whether it's through Howard himself or it's through someone else. Because not, I mean, everyone, it was weird how you remember how it was originally, I forgot the man's name, who was originally the father, um, and how they kind Def of worked. Def Comp, thank you. I just feel that if he, if Howard can do the math, so can other people. And I don't know who's in Maryland. I don't know if it's grandma. I don't know if it's cousin uh, Pookie and them. I don't know if it's Sophia. I don't know if it's, you know what I mean? I don't know who's in Maryland who is able to also talk to him as well. So I really feel that he's going to eventually find out, especially with Unique, because Unique is extremely, not Unique, sorry, with Jukebox. And she's extremely smart and she's able to put things together. So he's going to want to create whatever it is that he has going, whether it is with the business side of the drug dealing or actually, I don't see him being a corner boy, but build up whatever kind of reputation that he had in New York because we've seen what he was able to do in New York. That's not something that he wants to get rid of. You know, he had kind of had that spark and that glimmer from the very first season when he was, you know, shooting with his mom and we saw how happy he was. Um, so I really think that this is something he wants to continue. No matter we can move to Timbuktu, he still wants to do this. <laughs> so I believe that that is what's going to happen. I honestly lost control of what was the original question. Oh, uh, just you know whether you, you think we'll see you know his life play out in. Yeah, you know, well, I think like I said, it's going to be a large part of his life. I think that is where he comes back. It's a place where he establishes himself. It's a place probably we hear he'll feel the most secure. He's going to be very angry at his mom, so he's not going to return there until we get that big showdown. I still think that she kid that he kills her because we remember he never mentions his mom as an adult, right? We don't know anything about his past. We don't know anything, especially someone like mom. 
We see Tommy's mom all the time, and we see Ghost's mom all the time. Where's Kanan's mom? Because he killed her. Which also, another thing, is why he's so easy to kill Sean. So you killed your mom, and go kill my kid. <laughs> so, yeah, he builds a life that he's able to, to have, and he and Jukebox come together and build their lives there, which is why he's comfortable with coming back. Not to say that it actually is Marilyn where she lives, because I don't know. They're really scarce of details. But it is a place where he comes to later on when he's all fiery and his guts are hanging out. Because it ends up kind of being a second home. Rant over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, he'll get recruited by Avon Boxdale while he's out there. So I was going to make the connection, too. I'm like, Omar is going to come and, like, scoop him up and teach yeah. him. <laughs> but, yeah, um, there's many possibilities, especially if we are correct about, you know, um, Maryland be, being the place where they where Kanan went to in, in the original power. Um, I think there's many possibilities of, you know, where this trip could lead um, in the future. So uh, very interesting. But um, so I guess the next question I'll ask is. Um, um, so. How do you think that Raquel is going to react, you know, once, um, you know, she learns that Howard is indeed alive? Now, I, I kind of, I, I rewatched parts of this and I kind of wondered if she already knows, like, does she already suspect that he's alive? Because it seemed like she was kind of doubting Kanan a little bit, like, or whether he really, you know, killed him. Um so she might already know. She might already like have an inkling that he's still alive. Um, but you know, once it's confirmed that he is still alive and and everything, how do you think she's going to react? Because this is obviously a big threat to her and Kanan because she's the one who sent. You know, she's the one that gave the order for this to happen, and Howard will know right away that it was her. Like, you know, because Kanan wouldn't just come on his own to, to do that. So he, he'll know that the order came from Raquel. So what what's going to be her next move once she learns that, you know, Howard is alive and talking, you know? Um, so um, I'll go to you first, Dana. What do you think? It's always me. I, like, sneeze in the corner. It's like, yeah, you it go. Richard last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that you know, the streets need a body. And either way, I'm just intent on killing Howard. Um, I do think that the only way to tie up all these loose ends is to kill Howard. And eventually, you know, if you have to just pretend to be a nurse and fidget around with his medication and give him some, I don't know, some morphine overdose, maybe that might be it. But with this, just pretend that she doesn't kill him. And he's not already dead after he doesn't say anything because he could easily just like die after opening his eyes. Um, I think that this could, he counted as, as a threat either way. And I think that this makes him an even bigger threat than previous before, like give me your bone marrow. So I think that this, he has to die. I just don't see him living in any kind of yeah. situation it's just it's hard to think of even if he's like in protective custody 
and everything else that she has to figure out a way to, because remember, she has cops on her side. Because that's, you know, main thing number one. She explained that to Kanan. So I don't think Howard is just the end-all, be-all from, like, that one cop on your side. Yeah, I I understand uh, why you think that um, Howard has to die. Um, Like, I kind of feel that way, too. I think he has to go eventually because it's like, how far can it go if he's always the roadblock? Um, Because, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point she's going to get caught. She's going to, you know, she has to get caught by him. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, his time might be limited. He might, you know, still stick around for maybe a few episodes or up until the mid-season or something um, of season two. But, um, yeah, I think... I think at some point, you know, he has to go um, or there has to be some kind of significant change here because um, he can't. There's only so long he can protect Kanan and only so long he can, you know, let Raquel, you know, be just walk around freely um, after she's done all this. So. So, yeah, um, I don't think he'll last long, but we see that he is awake. And uh, the question is, can he talk? Because we don't even know if he can talk at, at this moment. Like he, he might, he might not be able to talk at all. Um, he might have amnesia. We don't know, you know. So um, I guess it's just a case of finding out. But um, just you know, in the interest of um, entertainment and fun and theorizing, Rich, what would you think about this? What do you think is going to happen when uh, Raquel finds out that he is alive? Well, that is the interesting question because she, she had to have a backup plan. Obviously, getting Kanan out of there was, you know, because of all the attention that the shooting drew with the cops involvement, that made sense to do. But also, I, yeah, I, I do feel as though she doubted that he pulled it off correctly because of how fast she was and how adamant she was he needed to get out of there. So I would hope that she had a backup plan in the event that Howard did go down. What I guess is going to happen next is that she herself not going to be the one to try and kill him yet, but she can obviously ask Lulu or Marvin to step in. Marvin obviously is has other things going on now, so maybe not Marvin, but Lulu, again, because they made it a point to emphasize in this episode, as they have all season, she has control of her brothers, and she tells them, hey, you need my money, right? So you're going to do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. So she can obviously definitely tell Lulu, I need you to finish what was started. And you saw how Lulu had an issue with the fact that Howard was the one that was shot. So that kind of makes me curious if he knows more about his relationship, her relationship with him in the past, um, which I guess we'll find out next season. But I would make a guess is that she's going to obviously have one of her brothers tried to finish what came and started. And then if that doesn't, if that isn't successful, then she herself would, would try to take some action. But yeah, her, her goal, I feel, is to make sure she has to make sure that Howard does not survive. But the thing is, is that by the time she finds out, you know, it might be too late because he may have played a role in making sure that Unique is freed of the charges that are against him right now. So it just depends the timing on all of this. But if I had to make a guess, she's again going to have to try to retaliate once again and do, do, do whatever she can to make sure that Howard does her speak by taking him out before he has a chance to really say anything of value to the to, to the police. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's probably a huge risk right now to take another hit at him. So they're going to yeah. have to wait for some things to blow over because Howard is going to be very well guarded and protected. Um, but I do think, you know, Raquel has something else up our sleeve that we just can't see yet. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's impossible for us to see it because we don't have the clues. But um, I think she has something else in, in motion um, to kind of sidestep this situation. Scrap. What, what's up, Dana? Scrap. Scrappy? What, what do you think she's going to send him? Remember send him? they had that nice little conversation and Scrap was like almost in tears because Kanan praised him? Mm-hmm. He was like, you're doing a good job. And he was like genuinely like, oh, my God, thank you. Right. And he was praising Kanan in return. I think that was the little confidence ego boost that he knows that he's appreciated, at least by one of the starts. So she can use him in some way. Yeah, I mean, it I just seems don't like... know. Because if the way how you looked at it, it's too late to actually go out and kill him. The whole hospital is covered in cops right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And his whole room is like a whole bunch of units just in there saying, what's the answer? We're waiting. So, it, yeah. Can I just make a comment? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't mean to, and this probably be something, you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, people to laugh too hardly when I say this, but I find it very interesting how Scrappy learned how to drive so fast with one eye. <laughs> I mean, he was driving. He was driving. It's like, it's, it's like he never went down with the eye injury, able to drive and see. And, you know, Marvin had that joke with him about, oh, about making making fun of the fact that he only had one eye also. So uh, if he is going to go after Howard, he needs to be very precise. (laughs) He can see and shoot at the same time. I just want to make that comment. But continue. He might not not be able to see the police officer standing in the corner of the room when he tries to kill Howard. That's that's what I say. He has to be very careful. Jeez. Cold-blooded. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, After that, yeah. So basically, I just... If Howard does say anything, I wonder if it's too late to retaliate, at least against him. Because wouldn't that make it more suspicious? And I know I'm contradicting myself, but wouldn't it make it more suspicious that if you have the guy who framed and said that it was actually, I don't know, Raquel who did it, and then a couple days later he's dead, wouldn't that bring more suspicion upon Raquel? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm theorizing. See, if- uh, if, oh. if Raquel was a true kingpin mastermind, just like Unique, she would have a police that's also in her pocket that mm-hmm. could take him out while he's in the hospital. But Break again, don't know. Don't know yet. Well, go ahead. What'd you say? No. And then that's what I'm to say. Also, all he did was open his eyes. Maybe he can wake up dead in the sense that, you know, we've seen it before. The person wakes up and then they like have a heart attack or they go into a seizure and then they die. So who's to say that whomever was to be that backup to make sure that Howard is dead didn't already slip in and wasn't already one of the cops that swarmed the police unit. We saw cops literally tripping over themselves trying to get into the building. Remember they parked the car? It wasn't even parked. He just, here's the car and the guy's like running and hat fell down and he's tumbling. So with all of that, who's to say that, oh, you're a police officer, you just don't go in there and just, like, stick something in the IV and call it in? 
that's all the cops waiting to get in to the hospital. Well, Rich said something interesting. He said, um, you know, maybe she 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 could have another uh, police police person on the inside or something. Um, she already kind of does in in an indirect way. So we know that um, we know that Howard's partner or ex partner um, is in contact with Jukebox. They have they have some sort of you know friendship or rapport between them, right? Mm. So. Raquel can easily get into Jukebox's ear and, you know, just basically, you know, ask her to get information about, you know, Howard's condition. And yep. what mm-hmm. what could happen, what could happen is maybe, um, maybe the police people are told that Howard only has a few days to live now because of complications with his, you know, his illness or whatever. And then, you know, maybe that's relayed to Jukebox through his ex-partner. And, you know, Jukebox tells Raquel and then maybe, you know, with that information, she knows that she only has to wait things out a little bit and just hide away until he passes away or something like that. Like maybe there's could be a situation like that that happens because I don't think she's going to make a direct hit. Um, It's just going to be too risky. I mean, maybe like like one of you said, maybe they could do something with the medication, Um, you know, if they can get someone on the inside, like a care worker or something, but it's, I think it's still super risky to attempt anything yeah. again. So. And, and I also think that they, they might not go that route completely since they did that in the previous episode with unique guys dressed up as, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, dressed up as the people in the hospital. So they may not do that, but they, they absolutely yeah. have to think of some way to get to Howard to make sure he's no longer a threat. Yeah. Well, it goes to show you how bad security is just in general. <laughs> I mean, he gave them like ten thousand dollars, and that like in the parking lot they're making transactions. And that's yeah. how Howard caught them. Co- co- corruption, corruption reigns. You know, like just don't be so sloppy it's... about it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, many interesting theories. I I do want the people to chime in here and let us know what you know what you think about that. Um, so yeah, just one final question. Um, and basically it was you know, um, will Raquel allow Lulu to live his life in peace and become wow. this music mogul that he's trying to be? Because we saw in this episode they had that discussion. You know, he said what he wanted to do. He wants to go his own way. He wants to get out the game. And then, you know, Raquel obviously said, no, I won't let you do that. And, you know, you use the drug money to, to, to purchase, to buy into the business. So we own it basically, you know? Um, so she, she's pretty adamant in not letting him do his own thing. Um, so what do you foresee happening with Lulu's situation in season two? Um, so I will go to you first, Rich. What do you think? To answer the question, no, Raquel will not let him focus on his music stuff, and it's also, it's also his actions also will determine this. Because again, you have you've you've made it clear to Unique and Worrell that you are involved. So even if Raquel was to let him do whatever he wants to do, the fact that he tried to kill Worrell, that's still sitting with that guy. When he has an opportunity to get to Lulu, he will, and that's why I said. You know, you're already in too deep into the game. The fact that these other people, you know, you had to meet with Unique 
You told him where you stood at. You know, so that's why I say he was disrespectful of what he said to, to him and, and Will. So even if he wants to get out, if he so happens to be somewhere with Jessica, Worrell rolls up to try to take him out and instead takes out Jessica, that's it. You're in it. You have to deal with this guy. That's why I thought it was very curious that they still had this Worrell character still alive going into season two. Because clearly the beef between him and Lulu is not over. And when he has the opportunity to go after Lulu, he will. So it still puts Lulu in danger regardless, even if he was to step away from all of this. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to get out. If he, if, if it is, it's going to end in tragedy regardless because he's already in too deep in, in, into all of this. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and what about you, Dana? What do you foresee happening with Lulu's situation? Yeah, everything that Richard said is kind of rings true. So I think that he has a bigger threat than Raquel right now. I mean, he can try to think that he's going to break free, and he may even temporarily be able to do that, but I don't think that it's going to be long withstanding at all. But at least his girl is loyal. Yeah, well, now we know that. Now I will say this. If, if he wants to do this music thing, he needs to get out of New York, go somewhere else. Because as long as he stays in that area where you know that there's tension, there's no way you will ever have any freedom or peace. So as long as he stays where he's at and think he's going to still do this music stuff, there's, there's no way that that's going to happen. So uh, I'll be curious to see how they tell that story next season. BMF crossover. Well, oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, uh, New York is the mecca of hip-hop, so yeah, they know <laughs> all the connections there. So, you know, yep. unless, he, unless he goes to ATL and hooks up with Jermaine Dupri or something, I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That will not, that can't happen. No. <laughs> yeah. But, um... But yeah, I, I think for Lulu, um, I do think we're going to see more of him. Like, I think he will progress a little bit with his music career. But then what's going to happen is he's going to get brought back into the life, just like you guys said. Um, and it's either going to come from Warrell, you know, um, trying to settle his score. Or I think, you know, Raquel is going to constantly guilt trip him um, for not looking out for the family, you know, because there's always going to be some sort of complication and, you know, she can use that to guilt him and say that you're turning your back on the family, you know, the people who love you and, and you know, grew up with you and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's not going to be able to escape the life. And I think that's going to cause some tension between him and Jessica and probably famous, too. So. So, yeah, I think that's what we have in store. But I am interested to see how far they, they take this whole music angle, because we know the 90s was a significant period um, in hip-hop, you know. Um, so I, I really can't wait to see, you know, how, how far they push that theme um, of, of him being in music. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, speaking of music, I wanted to, um, you know, big up stars for, for the choice of music in this as well. Uh, because they they played that uh, you know when when Raquel was kind of like looking at the city and everything they played that um, was a little boy blues I think Seed of Love I think 
that's the name of the song. Um, and of course, Jay Z used that sample as well for PSA. Um, so that's a, that's mm-hmm. a very iconic song right there. And I think it was a great choice to you know for that moment where we see her as like the villain. Um, so yeah, great choice. <laughs> Yeah, What's I that agree. face for, Dana? <laughs> She's not the villain. She 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 lived long enough to see herself become the villain. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we lost Richard here. I'm not sure what happened. Um, I'm sure he'll be back. But um, you know, before we sign off, we had some you know short news stories to 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 get to real quick. Um, you know, and basically. You know, now that we're we're at the finale, you know, none of this is going to really be spoilery uh, because you know we're all we we've reached the end of the season, so we know who survived and everything. Um, and you know, welcome back, Rich. Um, we, we're getting into the yeah. news, the, the the short news segment now, and mm-hmm. uh, we just wanted to you know show some of the new characters that have been cast in season two, just so you know we get an idea of what to kind of expect a little bit. Um, So, you know, um, the first actress um, that has been cast, you know, already for season two of Raising Canaan is, you know, this actress right here, Latoya Luckett. And um, apparently she will play Jukebox's mother and Marvin's ex. So, you know, that's her on screen right here if you're watching on YouTube. So, yeah, we're going to get some tension clearly between, you know... um, uh, Jukebox's mother and and Marvin, I think, and then also there will be some sort of relationship, I'm guessing, between her and Jukebox. Um, and you know, Dana, you mentioned that you know Jukebox hasn't gone back home yet since you know the altercation with her father. So maybe she actually ends up going to the mother or something, um, or she calls her right. or something like that. You know, so so yeah. Um, that's a new character right there. Um, any thoughts about, you know, what we could possibly see uh, with this character? Any thoughts, Rich or Dana? Uh, in terms of telling her mother everything that happened, I don't mm. think she's going to do that because she already was, you would say, scorned by her for her the first person that she told, which was, her, well, no, not told technically, but found out which was her father, not first, but you know, like in the first group, which would be her father and how that turned out to be very volatile. So I don't think that she's going to tell her mother everything that happened. And she's going to probably just say- about, you, know, like, you mean like about her sexuality? Being, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think she's going to tell the full story of everything, but more of, I need to leave. I want to come stay with you. Because if you saw her, since that whole altercation, She's just been bouncing around in the streets looking very despondent about everything. You know, carrying around the backpack, which was still the clothes that she wore from that night when she thought she was going to go to that uh, prom criterion thing. Remember, the guy kept saying, why are you dressed? Why do you have men's clothes? Yeah. And then the, the girl was like, you know, just leave it alone. It's fine. Um, so I think it was from the, she, those were Kanan's clothes, right? Did she get those? Those were Kanan clothes. Um, I can't remember. I think she might. I think she said something about it when she when she visited Kanan in the in the uh, that place in the bodega. Oh, those were. Oh, that's right. 
okay, well then that knocks that theory. But still, I don't think she's gonna tell her mother everything about what really went down. And I think that that could cause more tension between that character and Marvin. Um, I don't think, I don't know how Marvin is gonna tell everything towards his ex-woman, baby mama. Uh, so I think it's, yeah, it's gonna cause more tension. We don't know why they broke up. We don't know why Jukebox is living with her father and not say supposedly her mother. So that is gonna bring a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of dynamic that could be explosive. Maybe she got away yeah. because she knows that, you know, Marvin was dealing drugs, but then why would you send your child there? Maybe uh, I, she I herself. To, uh, I forgot to also mention that um, it says um, in the description that she, you know, she's a, a church is a big part of her life. So I guess that gives her some perspective here. And, you know, she's obviously going to be against everything that's been going on. And she mm-hmm. might even be, you know, very against the sexuality thing also, depending oh, yeah. on how. Yeah depending how hardcore of a Christian she is, so. But then it just goes to, I wonder why she would leave her daughter to go live with Marvin if it's a lifestyle she doesn't agree with. Unless she kicked her daughter out for partaking in that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Raises a lot of questions, but Mm -hmm. um, Rich, do you have any thoughts real quick? Yeah, I like Latoya Lucka being cast on the show. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if I had to make any guesses, well, in terms of Jukebox, I do believe that we saw at the end of this episode she was staying at, you know, Kanan's place. Uh-huh. You know that for the the majority of this season, she's been building a closer bond with Raquel, so I'm sure Raquel will be okay with her staying over there. Eventually, she probably will try to help her amend the relationship between her and Marvin. Uh, but for the most part, the mother, I think, is going to play a role is just trying to be there and give advice. And it's good to see her coming into this because now you'll get a deeper perspective as to you only saw Marvin as one of the parents. You'll get a t- deeper chance to see what her mother brings to the table. And while it does say her mother is heavily involved in the church, I kind of think you will see her struggle with some of the stuff that she had to deal with also prior to getting saved or getting involved with the church, because a lot of people are in church, but they still deal with their own demons and stuff outside of church. So I think you're going to still see some of the stuff that she is dealing with uh, as well. And and the other thing that I think about is when Marvin and Jukebox had the showdown, he said, this is some of the stuff that your mom was into, which tells me that maybe the mom also experimented with these type of relationships as well at some point in her life. So I kind of feel like um, a lot of those questions are going to be answered, but but for the most part, uh, I think it was a good decision to bring her into this because it gives you a deeper deeper perspective as to where Jukebox came from as a character, what her parents were like, and you'll probably get an idea of why that relationship didn't work out and how it impacts her negatively uh, up to this point, everything that's happened to her. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, and we'll see what she brings to the table next season. Yeah, indeed. Um, mm-hmm. So the next character here um, is is Omar Dorsey, and he's going to play uh, someone called Cartier Duns Farid. And um, it says, you know, he's uh, charismatic and overflowing with confidence, but it also says he has a vision for business 
expanding into less crowded markets like DC and Baltimore and even into, you know, other types of businesses like music and art. So very interesting that, you know, um, they, they, you know, mentioned DC and Baltimore here where we, we know Canaan's going to Maryland. So that kind of plays into what we were saying earlier, where we might see Canaan spend some time, you know, in the show in Maryland. Um, so yeah, very interesting there. Um, not much else to say. We don't like this is this character is straight out of left field. We don't know where the connection lies at all. So um, I, I don't know if you guys have any theories on that one. Um, but if you do, then throw it in real quick. The only theory that I would add is that, yeah, I believe this is the character that will be working with Kanan. Kanan may learn some information from him. And, you know, after Kanan has learned as much as he has needed to learn, he could very easily turn on this character and take him out. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it all depends if they want to go down that path. But obviously, as you alluded to, Gary, they mentioned Baltimore, they mentioned D.C., Maryland, et cetera. I think this guy definitely is going to be someone that Kanan comes across and tries to get in business with, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the, the next character here is uh, the, the actress is called Crystal Joy Brown, and she's going to play Renee Timmons, and she's going to be Marvin's anger management therapist. Um, so... <laughs> That uh, says a lot about what, you know, Marvin might be getting up to uh, in in the next uh, season. I guess, you know, the anger management, maybe he's going to need that because of, you know, um, what happened with Jukebox, you know, and how he acted in that situation. I guess, you know, he might need it. Um, and we know that he's he's currently in uh, in jail. Um, so I'm not sure who's going to actually assign him to anger management, um, but I'm thinking maybe Howard's partner. Um, yeah, you know, you know, maybe she'll be the one to actually do that because she saw that uh, you know Jukebox was harmed in some way. She saw the injuries, right? Um, so mm-hmm. you know, she might put two and two together, and um, she might be the one that actually sends him there. So, so yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what that dynamic will be between Marvin and his therapist. Uh, you got any thoughts on that, Rich? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just make this comment. We, 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 we've alluded to the fact that this is a very attractive woman playing <laughs> a therapist. So obviously she will help Marvin to deal with the anger. But, you know, obviously this is power. This is a show about violence, drugs, sex, etc., so I could easily see Mar- this is someone that Marvin will be hooking up with next season. Uh, I'm not saying that that's going to happen or that it, that needs to happen, but I, I kind of feel like they're going to definitely play around with that to an extent because they want people to watch. You want to make the therapist have an important role on the, sh- on the show, so she very well could have a relationship with Howard as well. I didn't see anything mentioned about a husband she has, et cetera. So um, we'll see what happens. But, yes, um, pretty sure that that's something that she will also be doing on the show besides giving the assistance of what he needs to do to better his relationship with the people around him. Yeah. And, and we like, let's be real here. We know that you know the, se- <laughs> the sex scenes are a big part of power. You know, it's like the signature yeah, yeah. thing, thing of power. They, they, they're going to show you someone naked or, you know, two people naked and they're going to do it a lot. 
So, you know, we have some very attractive <laughs> people here. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's going to be some stuff going on, you know, sexually um, in, yeah. in this next season. So, so yeah, you know, um, I think there will be some of that stuff going on possibly. Uh, and the next actress here, uh, I'm not sure where Dana went, but um, I'm sure she'll be back. Um, but yeah, the next actress here is uh, Paula Singer, Pol- sorry, Paulina Singer. And she is going to play a character named uh, Zisa. Um, and um, she, it says she is a beautiful up and coming singer looking to make a name for herself with Lou and Crown's label. So, you know, this further confirms that, you know, um, Lulu is going to focus a lot more on, on, you know, his music career. And, you know, he's going to be working with some, some new talent, it seems. Um, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I think like to see him develop a new artist and everything from scratch. Um, so that's going to be cool to see. I think. Um, any thoughts on that? Oh yeah, no, I agree. Um, that it feels like that's what the role is going to be for her coming into the fold. Uh, we'll see what happens with that particular dynamic. It kind of feels like Lulu might have some issues with uh, Crown at some point. This crown was so uh, surprised and caught off guard when he presented that contract to him. So I, I'm curious to see how that relationship uh, develops and if that causes tension with the actual business side of things. But yeah, th- it's good to show that he will still be trying to pursue this music stuff. But will it be successful? We'll have to wait and see because Raquel will always be there in the shadows to remind him, yes, you're good, but you Whoa, uh, what happened here? Can you hear me? Whoa, Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I hear you now. Sorry, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. It was a we received a phone call, so it's a little bit of a issue. Oh, okay, but but yeah, no, I just said, uh, yeah, there's gonna be we'll see how that relationship continues because obviously it's attention. Um, so we'll see what happens. Okay, yeah, so. You know that that that's uh, the news we had to share. You know some new actors and actresses that are going to be in the next season of Raising Canaan. You know already confirmed, um, and we know now that no one of significance died in in, in story um, so far. So they'll they'll all be returning will soon. Um, so yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for um, our news segment. Uh, was there anything else at all you wanted to bring up, Rich, before we uh, end this off? No, uh, I just wanted to say, well, first and foremost, uh, for those that are wondering, I, I believe Dana had some computer issues to say she was going to try to jump back in. But um, okay. yeah, but but just just let just I just want to say, uh, yeah, I very much enjoyed this season of Raising Canaan. I thought the show exceeded my expectations for a power show. Um, I definitely want to thank stars for giving us the opportunity to cover the show. Uh, mm-hmm. We look forward to covering the other upcoming power shows. Obviously, uh, Power Book 2 starts November 21st, so we'll definitely be back for that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a great experience. And of course, the engagement. I appreciate everybody that left the comment alike. Uh, any interaction you have with our content, we greatly appreciate that. Whether you listen on Spotify, iTunes, or you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate all the support. And uh, Feel free to let us know your thoughts on some of the things we discussed for the finale. 
your own thoughts as to what you think is going to happen in season two. And yeah, we definitely look forward to having more of these shows in the future. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I just want to give a big shout to, you know, stars and the whole power team and, you know, 50 and Courtney Kemp and everyone involved in this. Cause this has been a great season, very enjoyable to uh, watch and recap. Um, and it's got me excited for, you know, the future of the power uh, universe, you know, even the next uh, season of book two and also force and everything. Like I'm, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to all of it now. And this season has got me like very well hyped for it. Um, so yeah, big, big shouts to the stars team and thank you for the access to the show also, you know, so that we could keep creating this content. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, that's uh, what I wanted to say. And also, um, you know, there is a premiere of BMF happening this same weekend. And we have some content for that or, you know, that's going to be up as well, um, where, you know, we will be, uh, you know, basically reviewing that show. Um, that that video that we're putting out isn't going to have spoilers, so it's safe to watch, you know, um, you know, whether you've seen the episode or not, that is. Um, but, you know, we will cover that show um, in some way. It might not be the same way that we cover Power, but we are going to cover that show to some degree um, in the coming weeks. So look out for that. Um, and, yes, yeah, it's, it's been very fun, you know, um, covering Raising Canaan. And, and I definitely want to give a big shout to everyone who's been listening, everyone who's been commenting. Um, I know our listenership has, you know, gone up on the audio platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, and, you know, um, I think people are even using other uh, audio services to listen to the, the, the audio version. So big shouts to all of those people who listen but might not necessarily comment. Uh, we appreciate all of you. And, you know, we appreciate everyone who does comment also and watch on YouTube and, and, and stuff like that. So... Um, of course, this has been a long episode. We told you it was going to be long. You know, this is a finale. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. There, there was a lot of ground to cover in a finale. Like, you know, the, so the, the, the final episode is always going to be longer. Um, but, yeah, um, that's pretty much it from us for now. Um, and, you know, of course, we will be back to cover uh, Power Book 2, um, you know, Season 2, uh, which is going to come back in uh, it's November, right? It returns, I think. Yeah, November 21st, right before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Right. So, yeah, we will return to cover that. So, you know, if you're listening to this, or you know, it's going to be on the same audio feed and the same YouTube channel. So if you are going to be watching that show, look out for us. We will be back, you know, with the Powercast to, to recap that show. Um, and, you know, that's, that's pretty much it from us. Um, Dana, you know, didn't make it back, but I'm sure, you know, she same thing from her. She I'm sure she has the same sentiments. You know, thank you to everyone. Thank you to stars.